in the name of the God who loves us. Amen. What a pleasure it is to get to spend some time with you, and especially on this night. This night when it is hours away before you graduate and you are officially sent wherever God and your boss <laughs> or your bishop or your spouse or the four winds are sending you. Whether you are a lay professional, whether you are going to be ordained or already have been ordained, whether you are headed into the secular world taking your faith into it with you, no matter what, shortly you are about to be sent. And I can remember my time being about to be sent and hint, it keeps happening. <laughs> there is no once. But I can remember my time in a chapel, not this one, but in our chapel, wondering about those people that we would serve. How would we serve them? What would we do with them? When and where would our ministries with them be? And the thing that I keep hearing when I read that passage from Luke chapter 10, and if you're involved in any kind of missional initiative, this is the one that keeps coming back in every study, is it wasn't so much about who and where and when and what. But it's been about how do we know them? How do we know them? I can remember the last time I took a theological book on a plane. <laughs> Don't get the idea that I'm talking about the last time I flew when I took a theological book. I'm talking about 15 years ago. <laughs> That is the last time I took a theological book on a plane. Lesson learned. And I, I was reading it because it was interesting and I wanted to glean everything I could from it. And this sweet young man next to me saw that book and said, oh, I see you're reading theology. Should have known. Should have known just from that one statement. Oh, I see you're reading theology. And then he spent the next 15 minutes helping me understand his own faith tradition. He's in one of those traditions where you go out at a certain age to evangelize and proselytize. Hey, we could learn a thing or two, not this one part of shove the faith down somebody's throat when they're stuck in a plane seat and can't get away from you. <laughs> but there's something about the earnestness that we could learn something from. And after 15 minutes, I was trying to be polite, and he had some interesting things to say. After 15 minutes, I held up my hand. And I said, I just have to let you know just how much I love Jesus, and how much I love my church that I grew up in, and how happy I am in my faith, and how I know that God has you and has me, 
and we are all good. And I could watch him watching my lips, waiting for them to stop moving <laughs> so he could come back in with the next thing he had to say. And I finally, I, polite was not going to work anymore, I said, I'm done now. And I closed my book and my hands and shut my eyes <laughs> and did not speak or sleep the rest of the flight because I was fuming. And the thing that I, I remember most about that whenever I think about it is he missed the chance to get to know me. He completely missed the chance to get to know me. When Jesus sent all those people out, including us, he said, take nothing. Stay focused. Don't let your eyes be wandering around everyone. Ooh, I can get them, and I can get them, and I can get them. Stay focused on where you're headed. And when you get to a house, give that house, give those people your peace. And I'm not talking peace as the opposite of war. I'm not talking peace like a peacenik. But give them that peace that comes from being in relationship with me. Give them that peace that comes from knowing that they are beloved. Give them that peace that comes with knowing they can be cured, they will be healed, that God has them. Give them that peace and eat their food and don't change houses and stay with them. And the only thing he did not say, and I know he meant to say it is, <laughs> get to know them. get to know them. We are making ourselves crazy as church. The good news is it's not just us. Everybody else is making themselves crazy too. I talk with people in social services organizations and with not-for-profits that are giving away millions of dollars that are all saying, it's got to stop, this isn't working. We're giving all this money away and we're not seeing a return on our investment that makes sense. Well, we don't talk about the return on investment in the church. We talk about ASA and we talk about pledging, which is our return on investment. <laughs> and I'm not saying those things are wrong. They matter. We have to care about them. But I am saying that that part of us that is so nervous and that part of us that is trying to get everything right might be missing the opportunity to save a life. Now there's the ultimate return on investment. The actuarial tables. I'm sure most of you know this, have actually changed to lower the age of white people. That's most of the people in this room. Lowered because of drug deaths and lowered because of death by suicide. That's people that need to be known. Kids that can't seem to get themselves out of school 
can't seem to get to graduation. That divide that we have between races that just continues generation after generation after generation that we want to throw as much money at as we, as we possibly can, and there needs to be equitable education. But they need to be known. And their parents need to be known. Because if I'm working two jobs, or three jobs, how am I going to check homework at night? And who might be able to help me with that? Maybe it's somebody that knows me. What I'm talking about here, and I think what Jesus is pointing us to here, is reconciliation. Okay, stop, halt, because as soon as I say that word, you went straight to forgiveness. I know I do. That's what I think, because I, I, when people start with racial reconciliation with me, I'm like, stop, hold on. Let's talk about some things before we get to reconciliation that quickly. But I'm talking about reconciliation in that way that Karl Barth talks about, about reconciliation. That bigger sense of God reconciling God's self with every bit of creation, with every single one of us, that God knows us. If there's a thing I could give everybody who's graduating, this is the thing right here. God knows you. God sees you. God is very familiar with you. God perceives what is happening with you. God cares what happens during your day, and God knows about it. God is aware of you. God takes you in. God senses you. God knows us. Because God has worked so hard to bring God's self to us, to reconcile all that was lost, yes, forgiven, but so much more than forgiven, to be known. And when we have that, then we can reconcile with others. It's about the only thing that I have seen that stops the fear. It's when we know that God knows us, and because God knows us, then we can know another, and we can know ourselves. Bart puts it so much more beautifully than I. Please do go read his work on it. But it is that knowing, that being known, 
that changes the world. You know, I think about that conversation on the plane, and I wonder what would have happened if that young man had had the nerve to turn to me and say, do you feel safe? I'm a middle-aged black woman in the United States. And he was a young white man. Gosh, would we have had a conversation if he had wanted to know me. I think of another young boy, 14, 15 years old, who spent the summer in a soup kitchen. And these are the kind of ministries that are so very needed. And they can also make me a little crazy because there can be a lot of celebrating about how many people we feed, which is it's good. But the, the idea is in a land of plenty, let's go out of business. Let's stop needing to feed people. And I didn't want our young folks exposed to that kind of thing, and they weren't. And I remember talking with this young boy at the end of the summer, and he said, there's only one thing I don't understand. There were days when I'd go to the soup kitchen and it just felt like work. It just felt like feed the next person, feed the next person, feed the next person. But then there were days when I got to sit down and have lunch with somebody. And I'm not exaggerating, this is what he said. On those days, I always feel warm inside. Can you tell me what that is? I've been feeling warm inside off and on all summer long. This is what I hope for you. Know that God knows you. Know that God sees you. Know that God wants you to know others and to know yourself. And what I really hope more than ASA and climbing attendance, what I really hope is that we all feel warm inside. Amen. <laughs>